Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Still morning. Ah, good morning. How are you guys? I wonder how many of you, as you are coming here, whether you were driving or walking, you ran into a lamppost or a tree? No one? How disappointing. Uh, and when you think about why, that was because you are using your eyes. I want to suggest to you that your vision of Jesus would lead how you're walking, how you're living, what, how you're praying, how you understand life, how you do life. Your perspective of Christ, okay, will get you to walk faith, will get you to walk on the truth, and you will actually do great exploits. You will be fruitful because you are in the right place. When your perspective is cued, this is where things go wrong. Okay? All right? Do you understand that? We're getting on to uh, the epistle of Colossians, and the people in Colossae had a certain heresy, Epiphras, who planted that church, and as well, most probably, the church in Heriopolis, and maybe even Laodicea, uh, heard uh, 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 Paul, most probably, in Ephesus, and took, you know, the good news to those places, he started struggling with some of those issues, the heresy, and he went back to Paul. Paul was in prison, one of his uh, lots of imprisonments. We only know a few of them, but if you check in Corinth, uh, Corinthians, he's saying had many, many of these. So anyway, he visited him, and he wanted to visit him for himself, but as well he wanted to share with him the story and the news about the church and ask him for wisdom, and they kind of almost agreed together, or let me, let me send them uh, a letter until you go back as well. So in that letter, he is dealing with that heresy. And the problem is we don't have in any book exactly, exactly what, would, what that heresy was. But the way you study the Bible, especially if you're studying the Bible inductively, okay, you find in the epistle itself the things about what he was dealing with, whether in how he is showing us who Jesus is or the things that he's telling us, well, don't be, don't be judged by that, don't be under that influence, don't be, okay? So he's talking about certain things. I'll mention them quickly. I'll tell you the background uh, so that you can think of them. Things like don't touch this, don't eat that, don't, you know, celebrate uh, uh, Sabbath, celebrate new uh, moon, like the beginning of the month, celebrate this, okay? So you can hear from this that there is a bit of Jewish or Judaizers, what we used to call Judaizers as well. He mentioned circumcision. Those who are telling people, yeah, 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 Jesus is very important, but if you want to fulfill all righteousness, you want as well the law of Moses. You want to do this, you want to do that, and basically they're saying, Jesus is very good, but he's not enough. You need as well to do stuff. 
There were as well the people who are influenced by uh, Greek thinking and especially philosophy and, and uh, dualism. And basically those people have the idea of gods, there are gods, and there are demigods, like Hercules, you know, and, uh, and, and, and there is us, okay? So there is a, a spiritual realm, and God is only interested in spiritual realm. He doesn't care really about, you know, the body, the physical thing. Our God is the God of the whole, yeah. Yeah. everything. Your body, your spirit, your soul, your mind, your heart, everything about you, okay? So from that thinking, kind of two philosophies came out. One is, uh, actually three, but one is uh, God only cares about the spirit, so it doesn't matter what you do with your body. So you're loose with your body. You do whatever, sleep around, okay? And think, well, God doesn't care about that. What he cares is when I sing, uh, I worship you, yeah? Okay? No. Trust me, no. God cares about how you're living, okay? Because it's about all of you together. You're not different parts. You're one, okay? And the others went the other way around. Oh, eat this, don't eat this, touch that, don't touch that. There are the elemental spirits, and you have to appease them by doing this and not doing that and celebrating this and not, okay? And the third is Jesus is a demigod. He's like Hercules. He's in between. He's not the fullness of God. I mean, even if there is any divine thing, it's, he's not the fullness of God. He's like an intermediate state. Okay? And he is explaining who Jesus is, and he's fighting against that. All right? And there is as well the, the other side where they are leading you, well, God is the spirit. And so it's the spiritual experiences, man. Oh, oh, when you see angels, when you get into those trips and, you know, see other consciousness. And, um, okay? Now, all of that, he is fighting against that. Okay? Well, you can accept it or leave it. He's not basically fat, but he's telling you, if you want to get to know Jesus, get to know the real Jesus, get to know who he is, what he's done, and this is how you can live properly. Okay? About that? I shared in the first sermon that uh, as a young kid, really, really young, don't hold that against me. Well, actually, you can because I did the same stupidity when I'm older. But anyway, so uh, when I was really young, my parents took me to the movies and I watched Superman. Okay, and uh, as a, I think I was a five-year-old or four-year-old, I don't remember, and uh, for me, that was unbelievable, and uh, the only difference between Clark Kent and Superman was to rip your shirt, and then all of a sudden, a cape appears, and that really cheesy blue uh, sticky thing. Anyway, and, and wearing your underwear uh, on top of your pyjama trousers, okay? So I uh, went back uh, and decided to be Superman because what I saw shaped who I am and what I can be, okay? 
I'm sure you all did that. You saw things on TV and you thought, ah, it's real. Amazing. I mean, it's like that. Yeah? You do that till now, by the way. You watch a movie and you get so moved with it. Like, the, you know, the, the, the actor, the hero of the dies or gets hurt and you... <laughs> That's because you're in it. You're believing the story. You're in the story, yeah? Okay? So I was in the story, uh, but on top of my wardrobe. <laughs> and uh, with, I, if I remember correctly, my uh, blanket uh, tied around my neck and decided to fly. Okay? And uh, in the old movies, uh, Superman would only fly like this. I don't know why. So I did that. Uh, well, anyway, I'm still alive. Uh, so <laughs> thank God for his mercy. What you see shapes you. How you think shapes you. What is valuable to you shapes you. Shape what you're after. Shapes what you're after. What you're running after. What you're longing for. What you value the most. What you desire. What you lust after. Shapes how you live. How you deal with your money. How you deal with your time. Your effort. All of that is real. I mean, you have to for example, eat, okay? So, but there is a way, way more important truth. And if you're not aware of it, if you're not shaped by it, then it goes badly, okay? So can you stand with me and let's read the passage. Uh, who would be with a great uh, voice to read for us? I want uh, to include someone else. Marlon, would you come, please? Uh, I'm going to use Marlon a few times this uh, morning. If without asking you, I'm sorry. <laughs> so can you read? The, so we're going to read together uh, the uh, first uh, the, uh, Colossians 1 from verse 12 to verse 20. Giving thanks. 23, sorry. Go ahead. Give your thanks to the Father who has qualified to you, sharing his inheritance of the saints of the light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of the beloved Son. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, his firstborn of all creation, by whom all things are created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through all and for him. And he before all things, and he in all things are held together. And he is the lead of the body, the church, and the beginning, beginning of firstborn from the dead, that in everything, he might be proven. For him in all fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him the reconciled to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you 
who were once hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, first of all, my steadfast, nothing shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all of creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, man. So, oh, sorry. I was going to. Okay, here we go. I forget. <laughs> okay, so. I'm going to focus with you this Sunday on just uh, a few verses from 15 to 20. And, uh, and again, because it's all about the gospel, David, the coming Sunday, is going to tell us about the gospel, the power of salvation. Now, uh, verse 15 to 20, and we have a slide for that, like table. This is uh, poetry, so uh, sadly most uh, 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 versions don't do that, but it should have been like in an indentation a bit, like, okay, not justified, and as well in italics, because it, it's Jewish poetry as well. It will appear at some time, just wait for his appearance. Uh, but here is the thing, that the, the Jewish poetry is very different than when you hear poetry, what you think of. So when we hear poetry, we're thinking about uh, cadence and rhyming uh, uh, letters and, you know, stuff like that, yes? Jewish poetry is very different than this. Jewish poetry is about the thoughts in what you're expressing, okay? And how they parallel to each other, sometimes in terms of mirroring, sometimes in terms of contrast, to amplify, to exemplify, to show something beyond, you know, to complete the, 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 the idea. This is Jewish poetry, okay? So when you look from verse 15 all the way to the end of verse uh, 20, it's like that. Technically, actually, it's a bit different. Don't worry, I, I kind of studied that. There is a first strophe and a transition and then a summary heading and then a second strophe, but forget about this. This is easier, simplified, still carry the same uh, meaning. So if you look at, he is the image of the invisible God. It's balanced by, he is the beginning. God is the beginning, the originator of everything. God is the creator of all things, okay? When he's saying he's the image of the invisible God, this is said in the uh, New Testament several times. When you, for example, think about John 1, okay? In the beginning, beginning, yeah, was the Word. The Word was with God, like face to face with God, and the Word was God, okay? Uh, he's saying that from his fullness, you will read fullness later on, you know, we took everything. He created all things, and by him and for him, Okay, again repeated here. When you read as well in Hebrews 1, he's saying that God spoke us in his son, or actually in the Greek it would be in son. Okay, and that he is the exact representation of the 
of the majesty and the glory of God. He's the exact representation and the glory of God. You know, when you look at a photo of you, you don't look and say, well, he looks a lot like me. Looks very much like me. No, you see, that's me. Yeah? They get your image and put it on your passport so that they would know, is this you or not? Okay? He is the image of the invisible God. Okay? Then you go, second bit, firstborn of all creation, firstborn from the dead. Firstborn here doesn't mean that he was created. That is a positional statement. Okay? Like when someone is chosen to be the firstborn of that family, he's the one who is in charge of the family business. He's the one who has authority and status. Whatever he says goes. Okay? So it used to be, I know it's not nowadays, but anyway, in the old days, if David has a business and uh, his firstborn is in charge of the business, whatever he says, though we're all eating from the same business, though we're all benefiting from the same business, though we're all maybe even working in that same business, the firstborn, whatever he says, because that's his business. And he is saying he is the firstborn of creation. And he's, again, because it's position, okay, it's saying that for by him all things were created. He created everything. Okay? So he's not saying he's the first created being and then, no, 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 that's a heresy. Okay? He's saying he is the one in charge of. And this is, of course, very clear when you're saying firstborn from the dead. Death doesn't give birth to anything, okay? No, no, he's saying about the new creation. Now that he conquered death, that new creation, he is the one in charge. He is the one who makes things work, okay? He is the one who started, made a way for that new creation, because we were all dead. You read just, okay, you were all dead and enemies in mind to God, yeah? He gets you to be resurrected from the dead, that's the new creation, but as well he is the author of life. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the one who is maintaining how life is. I am the resurrection and life, how to live. It's not like I let you get resurrected and then you live as you like. Okay? No, no, no. Okay? He is the firstborn. He has that place where you listen to him. He has the authority. He has the power. Okay? But that's as well from creation. Okay? That's before his incarnation. That's before his uh, cross. That's before his resurrection. He is the firstborn. He is the image of God. He has authority over heaven and earth because he created them. Heaven is invisible. Earth is visible, and all the power structures that are in these domains, thrones, rulerships, dominions, authorities, whatever you're thinking of, he has authority. He created them, and they created for him. Don't know how many of you, you wake up, even if it's just one day a month, and you're thinking of Mars, and not the chocolate bar. I, I do that. 
No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like Mars, the planet, Pluto, uh, Jupiter. Any? How disappointing again. Come on, guys. Okay. Now, here's the thing. What you don't see, what is invisible to you, though you know it exists, okay, doesn't shape your thinking. Doesn't shape your view of reality. Okay? Until they say there is a comet or an asteroid or whatever that's going to hit Earth. And all of a sudden, you're very aware of the universe. And you're thinking about, it's coming close, coming close, uh, okay? Now I want you to think. Look at uh, this photo. Uh, it might appear again by means how. Okay. This is their, you know, uh, an idea about creation and, uh, well, Big Bang. And here's the thing. It's, there is a theory called, and it was discovered about 50 years or 70 years back, uh, the singularity of the universe, which means that the universe had a beginning. Okay? Previously, they thought the universe is eternal. Absolutely not. Because God created the universe. Only God is eternal. Okay? The universe had a beginning. Okay? And everything was spread like that. You see those dots? Uh, well, they're actually not the same number, but anyway, these are galaxies. This is not just a star, you know? This is galaxies. Okay? So not even just the solar thing. This is, each one of them is like the Milky Way. And some of them are way bigger than the Milky Way, with may, way more planets and stars and so on. Okay? So this is more liked. Okay? Every dot is a galaxy. All right? These are the, the, the lit things. Uh, these are like the bits that have stars. The ones that are not really visible here are the ones that don't have, <laughs> they're not stars, they're not emitting light, okay? This is how they are, okay? Planet Earth is tiny in comparison to the sun, okay? The sun is tiny comparison to some other suns that we discovered here. Can you imagine? Planet Earth in that thing is a speck of dust. It's smaller than one pixel. You are smaller than a speck of dust on that speck of dust. And yet, the creator of all that chose you. Chose to create you. Chose to create you in his image so that you would have relationship with him. Why do I know that God cares for me? Because he chose to create me. And he chose to create me in his image so that I would come to know him and bear his image. He is the image of the invisible God. He created me on his image. And when I ruined that, said, but my plan was great, always great. So therefore, I'm redeeming you. 
And Jesus chose to redeem it from before the foundations of the earth. I'm not worried about God's faithfulness because it's not dependent on me. It's not dependent on how good I am, how I've, what I've done and how I've done. No, it's dependent on Him, His faithfulness, His choices, His steadfastness to His goodness, His righteousness. So because His choice to create me was righteous and good, He will always stick to it. He loves you. He cares for you. The creator of the universe considers you. The Psalter is writing, saying, well, who is man? Who is man? That you would consider him, and yet, yet you did. You see, if you don't have that view of that amazing, awesome grandeur of God, the majesty of God, if you don't have that, and, and then you are struggling with a sin or or that you like someone or you want a job and this is this is oh Jesus if you just please please bless me and, and uh, that I can get this car. Your world is so tiny and everything is hanging on that thing that you're caring for. You know in, in uh, as I said what you what you look at shapes you. It shapes your awareness and it shapes how you're thinking and how you're praying. We have a, a, a trick in psychology. You can, you can do that. All of you can do that. Download a picture where it's all white and just there is one black dot in the middle of the picture. And then sit. You can put it maybe a meter, a meter and a half away, whatever. Length. And then start focusing on that black dot. Focus, focus, focus. Everything, everything on that black dot. Do you know what happens? Okay? The phone rings. Uh, no. Do you know what happens? <laughs> what happens is that that block, that black dot grows. It takes your awareness. This is what you're aware of. See, we get stuck in so many tiny things. Sometimes even spiritual things that are challenging us. But we think of them bigger than what they are. Okay, if you think David and Goliath, Marlon, would you come and stand up? We well, want to. Uh, I will have David this time. Okay, I, I I wanted to do this. Maybe we would have had a kid. Oh, can I? Please. Okay. No. All right. Okay. So you stay here, and David would stay here. Okay, and Goliath was even bigger than that. Okay, right? In comparison, you know, David facing Goliath. If he looks at Goliath. Man, there is no chance. I mean, nothing. Even, even the guy was surprised. You? Why, you think I'm a puppy? Why are you coming? Thank you, guys. Okay? Like, why? You don't think? You don't understand? But David had two things. And he felt... Nah, I do. I do understand. The God that I worship is in charge of all creation. 
is in charge of the birds of the skies that I will give him them your bodies to eat is in charge of all the laws of physics so I have smooth stone and I will get you he's way bigger than you you're big you're big you're big but you're tiny you're less than tiny you're less than a speck of dust I have another thing I have a promise you see uh, good old Sam passed by and gave me a promise and said I'm going to be king I'm not yet king. So tough for you. <laughs> You're going to die. What he heard from God and how he sees God shaped what he's going to do. Are we shaped by who Jesus is? Or are you shaped with by your challenges? By how big you see your challenges? by your desires and lusts, by how you think they are important and they will so fulfill you and satisfy you. When you think like that and when you don't see Jesus in his majesty, glory and beauty, you get stuck. So you get stuck in an abusive relationship because you think this is all what you have. This is all what you're going to get. You have another relationship. And you're not living it out. At least not it to its fullest. The way you are, the, how you look at Jesus and how you're aware of him, his glory, his majesty, his power, and what he's done, his gospel, his cross and his resurrection, the whole game is changed. Everything is turned upside down and inside out. It's changed. So he is the firstborn of all creation. And on, in the new creation, he's the firstborn from the dead. And he's in charge. He is in charge of all things. And he's going to reconcile. And he has... He holds everything together and he's going to reconcile everything. And this is why his blood, the blood of his cross is really important because he's done. He doesn't just have authority. He has so much wisdom that he knows how to reconcile things together. And this is his plan from the beginning and he's going to make it happen. And you're not just going to be reconciled and not talking to each other. No, no, no. no you have Wholeness, shalom, absolutely fine. You're not in fear. Because why should I be in fear? Why should I be in fear if he's done all that? If he is on my side? If he has freed me? If he has transferred me from the domain of darkness? That ruled over me and that kept me imprisoned in fear and turned me. Put me in his kingdom where there is light. And I'm inheriting that light and I'm growing in that light and I'll become more and more fruitful and progress in his knowledge, his understanding. And life will be more and more every day amazing. 
Do you see Jesus as who he is and what he has done? And in that, he's saying, I know you can't really know this on your own. Okay? So four times in the four chapters, almost one in every chapter, he's saying, mentioning the word mystery, and that the mystery is Christ. Okay? So you and I need the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, to reveal to us who Jesus is and his amazing sacrifice, but his amazing calling, the invitation that we have, the new life that we have. Trust me, you don't know most probably a tenth of it. And we're given a life where the Holy Spirit would walk with us and show us every day how powerful, how amazing, how deep, how wide His love and His the power of his cross and his salvation and the resurrection and, and to live for Christ and to be like Jesus. He's the creator of all things. And all things are created for him. So that you would truly, 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 wholeheartedly, from the, your deepest part and everything that is within you, authentically live for him. How satisfied are you going to be? He's the head of the church and he fulfills, he fills everything and everyone. That's the last part in the table if you bring it up again. Okay? Which means he's not just the one who would guide us and tell us. He's not just the one, the brain that is controlling all the bodily functions and what happens and so on. He's not just the central nervous system, anyone who is medic here would understand how important that is. He's not just the king in the crinal glands that are found in the brain, the pituitary and the hypothalamus. No, no, no. He is all in all. And he fills. All that wisdom, all that power, all that creativity, all that beauty, all that joy, all that peace, all what he is and what he has, he is giving to us. So Paul is praying, and he's saying, I pray, and I keep on praying, and I don't stop praying that you would be filled with every understanding, with every knowledge, wisdom, spiritual wisdom, in who God is, in the knowledge of God. If you're asking yourself, so what do I, how do I live now? Like, what do I do? Well, you can't do it on your own. This is not just Jesus you're going to imagine him. No, this is, you stick to the Holy Spirit in the Word, and he would keep revealing to you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then all of a sudden you'll discover, I don't need to worry, come to him. I don't need to fear. I don't need to, I don't need to, to, to be under that, uh, dominion or that bondage because he, he, the creator of the universe has saved me and he is for me and he's for me here and now. I can walk with him, talk with him, I can hear him, I can feel him, his touch, his works. And the more you're getting to know that through the Holy Spirit, the more you're getting shaped by who he is and into his likeness, into his image, 
living for him and with him. You see, Jesus said, blessed are those who are pure in heart. I want to invite the band back. Blessed are those who are pure in heart because they, they will be able to see Jesus. We're going to pray a prayer in a song format. And it says, purify my heart. Purify my heart. And you know, God keeps purifying us like gold. You purify, you purify them, they can be just fine carrots. If you purify it a bit more, it will be maybe 14. If you come to the Middle East, the minimum is 16, not the nine carat rubbish that you have here. Okay? To purify it more, and it becomes 16. Then you purify it more, 18, 20, and then 24 carat. And Jesus wants to purify us. Purifies. Purify our hearts. Our understandings, our beliefs, what we rely on, what we long for, what we lust after, so that we would have one who's taking the whole picture. He is preeminent. He is first. He is the most important. He is the one who has the status. Only one. Purify our hearts so that it would be a heart for one person after one thing. You and you alone. Would you stand up? Let's pray this song. Take your time. Maybe we'll repeat it a few times. Take your time. Purify my heart, Lord. Let me be as gold to you because you deserve pure gold. 24 carat gold. Thank you that if I'm nine, if I'm nine carat, you have, you have that gift, that grace for me to to move me, to make me more fruitful into 14, 16, 18, until 24. Purify my heart. Purify our hearts. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, Connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11am in person and online.